0: Sworn the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawkeyes. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes. Living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The frost advisory is cancelled. Corn husker? More like corn suckers
1: Are you ready for this podcast?
2: all right welcome back to the nebraska hawks nest your hawkeye oasis located in a nasty little nebraska desert make sure you take time out of your day check it out we you got a new graphic hit the like and share and subscribe button so we can continue to grow the podcast and let everyone know all about it my dog's over next to me trying to play soccer right now so um we're gonna have that throughout the podcast i'm sure Today, it's going to be our 2022 Citrus Bowl, 75th anniversary of that bowl game. It's our special today. The Hawks are going to be taking on Kentucky. But first of all, before we dig into all that, we're going to say hello to everyone that's joining us today. We got the Miller Light Delight, Matt Meyer. How's it going, sir?
0: Hey, it's going well.
2: Had a good Christmas. Just living the dream. All right, man. Well, it's good. The the family had a happy holidays, and we got kyle kyle schlicker baby how's it going man
3: awesome guys always good always a, always a fun time to be here man this is great stuff the
2: can craft- we say-
0: <laughs> uh, Flicker, the ultimate kicker
2: i'm gonna say i i'm going with um, the, the craft brew guru Kyle Schlicker. That's yeah, that's my new one. And then we got a, a, friend, a friend of the show, Coach Hack, Jason Hackwell, who specializes in analyzing quarterbacks and receivers. He's going to uh, hang out here with us today and share a lot of his knowledge. I'm sure if you follow any Hawkeye groups on social media, you see a lot of his posts and a lot of his information. So um, welcome to the podcast, Coach. We're excited to have you.
4: Thank you. It's fun. Just celebrating my birthday. And this is a way to top it off.
2: Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. First of all, I want to apologize that you have to spend your birthday with a <laughs> bunch of goofballs like us, but um, we appreciate it very much. And time to introduce you guys to our special guest, our celebrity guest picker today. Let's do it. None other than Hawkeye Elvis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exciting. That's exciting yeah, stuff man. right there. That's awesome, Mr. Hey, man, Hawkeye Elvis. Doing? It's great to have you. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I uh,
5: I'm back here in the uh, the black and gold jungle room uh, after a big uh, Hawkeye basketball win in Sioux Falls last Saturday night. I saw get you. To to, uh, get ready to go back to Carver on Wednesday, and then man, it's wheels up for Orlando on Thursday. So a uh, lot of uh, Hawkeye fun going on.
2: Well, nice. I will be in Orlando, so you might have to shoot me a text. We have to get together for. I think I at least owe you a few beers after all your guest appearances for all the stuff we've done. So.
5: <laughs> and and I'm repping the official shirt. Yeah. Nice. Oh,
2: nice,
5: a boy. I tried
4: Elvis. I tried. Available
5: <laughs> at all fine retailers. <laughs> I love it.
0: We lost Adam.
4: <laughs> oh, that's he right blows. hey,
0: hey co- coach that's all right though we you know you get an a for effort like i said that you know it has the 402 on it right. it's hard to know the difference we'll we'll get the brand recognition yeah. out to you and we'll get you we'll get you something to cool. uh to wear to represent
2: that. so yeah. was that just, uh, me, was uh, that just me that dropped out yeah was that just yeah. me that dropped out
0: yes sir yeah.
2: It's that Nebraska internet coming through again. Um, <laughs> th- th- thanks for taking over. And then our friend Corey uh, from Hawkeye of the Storm is here. He was able to make it on. Corey, what's up, nice. man?
1: Hey, how are you guys doing? I pre- I apologize for the
2: uh, the brief wait there. Good to see everybody. Hey, nice, no man. problem. Hey. That is expert sound quality, Corey. What yeah. kind of microphone are you using? That is just crystal no, this clear. Isn't,
1: this isn't anything fancy. It's a, just a Samsung um, directional mic. Um but it was the best one I we my uh, my father in law is kind of an A V whiz and, and this was the best one on the market for the price I was looking for. So um it's a pretty simple little mic. There's there's no uh there's no arm or anything, it's just a little tripod and uh it does the yep. job.
2: I like it. Transition awesome. from a, a blue, blue yeti. Good. So that's what I'm using right now is a blue Yeti. So you yeah, feel like the option that you're using right now is quite a bit
1: better? I like it for what we're doing. I, yeah. I like it for what we're doing. I, Blue Yeti is a good mic, but uh, for podcasting, this just seems to be seems to be better. I like it more.
2: Okay, L- awesome. less less
1: background noise and less distractions. So,
2: all right. Well, you may have sold me on this new product, so I might be yeah. uh might be reaching. I'll, out send, to I'll you. send you a link. Yeah, I'll send you a link to where we got it. All right. Well, welcome, Corey. We're excited to have you and Hawkeye Elvis and and Coach Hack. We got some uh, new faces on the Nebraska Hawks Nest here. So welcome, guys. We're excited that you're all here. Um, I'm sure everyone notices, too. Jerry was not able to make it. Captain Conservative, we miss him. We wish he was here and he's got some busy things going going on. on. And then Russell the Muscle, a.k.a. Russell Stover, was not able to make it as well. So. Um. Wish them nothing but the best, and they will be back very soon. So it's a busy time during the holidays. So before we get started, too, I want to just ask everybody. You know, a little bit of a tradition on here. Everybody likes to indulge occasionally in an adult beverage. I wanted to see what everybody is partaking in tonight. Matt Meyer, what are what what is your beverage of choice this evening? Well, I'm
0: starting off uh, with some American Wheat Ale from Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan. My cousin works for them okay. up there and brought me a variety pack for the for the Christmas holiday. And uh, there's been a lot of tasty, uh, tasty choices, I guess. T- tasty sampling mm-hmm. okay. going on. <laughs> okay. so we got to sample a whole bunch of them over Christmas. Uh, All right. Uh, my, my dad and brothers and sisters and everybody got to partake in the sampling, and it was kind of fun. So, yeah, Bell's Brewery for the first couple. And then I'm going to switch back to my Miller Delights.
4: Oh, <laughs> not Bushlights. You're not in Iowa. I,
0: I am in Iowa. I'm just one of <laughs> it's the, not
4: Bush-like? I'm just one of the
0: rare ones that oh. <laughs> <see> Miller, <Lite. laughs> Miller Delight.
4: Miller Delight. <laughs> oh, so did Adam get frozen again?
0: He uh, He may have. But we're gonna we're, we'll keep moving on. Kyle, what are you up to? What are you drinking tonight?
3: Tonight I've got some Maker's Mark, man. I uh, switch it up sometimes when it starts getting cold out to uh, some whiskey, bourbon, uh, even some uh, aged tequila as it starts to get Ooh, uh, cold out. But uh, tonight, yeah, I've got Maker's Mark and uh, and one of my uh, kids. Uh, Christmas. And that's the regular Maker's
0: Mark. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, just the basic stuff, man. Yeah. So
0: I was told that the the Maker's Forty Six was pretty good. It's got a little more, yeah, hocka Elvis <laughs> yeah. and yeah. stuff <laughs> for that one, yeah, huh, man? Yeah. Here you there you go. go. Right on. Uh, we'll, we'll move on, Coach Hack. What's your beer choice or drink of choice?
4: Evian water. Yep. <laughs> Evian <on> water. <laughs> it's, it's my. It's my birthday, and I. Straight already, from
0: the mountains. I've
4: already <laughs> ate a lot of stuff I shouldn't have ate. I've already, so it's just it's just water time. <laughs> That's
0: all right. Nothing wrong with I'll that. Hawkeye Elvis, where where are you at tonight? What are you uh, What are you drinking?
5: Well, I'm I'm uh, just going through the last of my Shiner Cheer, uh, oh. shiner out of uh, Shiner, Texas, in this beautiful Hawkeye tumbler. A little bit of peach, a little bit of pecan flavor, and. Uh, Kyle, I got a, I got a little bottle of forty six upstairs. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to Ooh. take a nip of that i from down here.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I almost, I was Ooh, telling buddy. the guys earlier, I almost uh, pulled out the bottle of Eagle Rare that I got. I got about half a bottle left.
2: Yeah, man. All right, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry about that. I don't know what's going on with my internet tonight. This is like ridiculous. So, and I, it's I like, yeah, that's that's the only thing I what can say. What happens when
0: Plus, you run uh, uh, internet cables through the desert?
2: Yeah. <laughs> not working so did we get everyone's
0: did we get everyone's now we got cory
2: Corey. cory okay. what are you after
0: today i don't
1: feel so bad after hearing coach hack because i know adam wanted me to grab a beer and i'm a whiskey guy but i was kind of right. running late so i'm i'm going the the uh the underage okay. route as well with it, just what the doctor ordered so uh we, <laughs> might, we may slip a little whiskey in here depending on how long we go tonight so what's
0: uh what whiskey
1: um i'm a jack daniels guy yeah. um although i will in say if you want to if you want to go frou-frou um, I've gotten kind of hooked on, uh, the, uh, Jim beam peach. Oh, yeah. is, I was never a Jim beam guy, but man, that peach stuff is good. You can slip that in anything and it's good. So, uh, yeah, we may slip that in tonight.
0: Gotcha. So, devil, so, uh, uh so Winston good. peach, which is uh bankrupt Iowa made there. That's, that's pretty good too for a peach, okay. for a peach whiskey. If you ever get a, a shot at it,
1: absolutely. It's sold,
0: I think i and places around, but yeah, nice people that run that distillery and, and it's a smooth peach, you can just do it on the rocks. It's
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Corey, for the, for everyone that's listening, can you tell them a little bit about um, from the Hawkeye of the Storm and where they can find you if they want to listen to your podcast or YouTube show or anything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, from the Hawkeye of the Storm on YouTube, um, kind of a play on words, if you will. Uh, I, I live in Ames, so I'm kind of in a similar boat to you, Adam. We're kind of <laughs> yeah. in the, the danger zone, if you will. But uh, yeah, we so I have a weekly podcast from the Hawkeye of the Storm again, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast. But uh, we also do a an Iowa football post game show with former Iowa offensive coordinator Don Patterson, who is uh, tremendous to work with, and uh, it's been a joy to be able to to talk Iowa football with him this year. We also do an Iowa basketball post game with former Iowa assistant coach Gary Close, who of course was uh, integral part of the uh, success of Tom Davis and 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 those incredible teams of the 80s and 90s and of course he had a couple final four trips up in wisconsin as well so um all that can be found either on my channel from the hawkeye of the storm or iowa at the voice of college football partnerships with uh mark rogers if anybody's familiar with his work on youtube so um we have a good time always always uh open to uh, new subscribers though it's uh we've got a nice growing audience so uh, we appreciate everybody
2: listening Well, that would be because you guys put out a quality product. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. So you guys are a lot of fun to listen to. And um, I saw that you really, you did quite a bit of content. Tent for signing day and Iowa's class looked a little scary there for a little bit, Corey. We weren't really sure where the chips were gonna fall. And we really wanted you to come on and educate us because you were really, you know, in the thick of it, talking to a lot of people, analyzing things. First of all, with Xavier Wamka, what was your your thoughts on that? Did you see that coming? Did you think Iowa was gonna get him? And what implications do you feel like us getting? Xavier is going to have for you know the end of this class going into the next one well I think the impl- first of all I'll
1: preface this by saying I, I am a self-proclaimed recruiting expert so I'm, I don't want to uh, act like I'm a buff in that regard but I will hey, say we, as far we, as we pro-
2: we proclaimed you okay
1: all right I'll, I'll take that for tonight um
2: Nebraska Hawk's Nest proclaimed. <laughs> yeah
1: hey <laughs> I, I'll take the title um I, I mean I think the implications have already been seen I mean I think we're I think there's a good chance we see them with with the the upcoming commitments hopefully of of a guy like kyler casper and certainly jaden proctor's on the radar but just the plethora of commits late you know on signing day um and the boost that that class got as a result of guys like tj hall who by the way um i gotta give tons of credit to to, i know kirk did as well but don patterson was huge in getting tj hall would not be a hawkeye today if it wasn't for don patterson you know don coached his uh his father terrence at, at western illinois and that was really the only connection Iowa had to him. Uh, really underrated guys long. He kind of reminds, reminds me a little bit of a Julius Prince who I know really didn't work out here. Um, but I think a guy who can, can play fairly early. I mean, we'll see what happens with, with Riley. Um, I, I'm getting the feeling that he may be moving on. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of the feel I've gotten in, in listening to some of his interviews here re, uh, recently. Um, and of course you're losing Matt Hankins and, you know we don't know what's going to happen at safety. Do we get Jack Kerner back? I think mean, that's a question mark. Dane Belton could he declare? So I mean, there's this defensive backfield um, just got a huge boost by Xavier committing again. Not only TJ Hall but Cohen and Tringa, um, and I think I'm missing a guy or two. But they, they did, yeah, they did a nice job with the uh, with the defensive backfield this time around. And again, that starts with Xavier. Um, I think this is the best class since '05, and I know 2021 was was big, um, right. but it was really. Jeez. It was really offensive line focused, and I've had a lot of people comment on our show or call in and say we need to go get a, a transfer portal offensive oh, lineman. God. Whoops, Hawkeye Elvis just passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I, I said the word transfer portal. We're not used to the word transfer portal in Iowa. We don't really utilize that a no, lot. But we got uh, all frazzled. <laughs> um, I think we're okay on the offensive line. I know Iowa's in the portal for alignment, and I understand. And, and Coach Patterson, we did a show with him last night. Um, that's he brought up the need for a, for a tackle. I think Iowa's got some pieces there. I don't know if personnel's a problem on the offensive line. Obviously, there needs to be work done, but they recruited really well in 21 on the offensive line with guys like Colby, of course, who played as a freshman, David, David Cobb, Jennings, Dunker, Miles Mislenski. You can go down the line. So I think they're okay there. That was just such a... a Huge part of that class. This class, again, it was more focused on the defensive backfield. Again, starting with Xavier, but then you had a couple nice pieces in tackles and Kale Crow from just south of us here uh, in Story County. You had Jack Dotsler from Wisconsin. I think Iowa did fairly well at tight end. A couple guys who are kind of unheralded. At Addison the string as a kid, I'm, I'm high on. Uh, again, totally flying under the radar. But we've seen Iowa tight ends fly under the radar before, and. Um, you know, yeah. I would say the one guy I was most excited about, Adam, and this is someone that when he committed, I believe in August, was getting a lot of hype. He actually lost a star on Rivals with Jazzy and Patterson from Deerfield Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, you know, he's he's your prototypical high school running back that Iowa can typically target. You know, 5'10", 5'10 and a half, 190 out of, out of Florida. But what I'm seeing with Liddell Betts right now is he's focusing on what I call a tweener back. Um, and I could be totally off on this, but you look at guys like... Uh, agumbo wale from wisconsin or 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 white or clay or any of these kids melvin gordon uh this thunder lightning thing i'm, I'm never i've never been a huge fan of the okay we need an Akron wadley and we need LaShawn daniels together or we need tyler yeah. goodson and we need uh you know gavin williams i think having those tweener type guys who can kind of go both ways sean green's a perfect example of that sean green was five ten and a half, one ninety 190 in high school and of course he bulked up he ended up like the, 230, 235 in the NFL. But I think Patterson's a guy who can bulk up just by how he runs. Now, maybe he has a problem putting on weight like Akram did. We'll see. But just how he runs, I think he can be that tweener back. He's got good speed. I think, he again, he, if he gets bigger, he can be really good. And certainly um, the kid, Caleb Johnson from Ohio, he's already big. I mean, he's 6'2", 6'3". I know Kirk said in his press conference this past week, he's 225. Yep. So if anybody needs – I mean, if you compare that to somebody that we've seen recently, it's Braylon Allen for Wisconsin. And I'm not saying he's going to be Braylon Allen. That's like yeah. 10 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry. I mean, that's pretty much as big, big as you're going to get. I don't know the last time – does anybody know the last time I was had a back that big coming out of high school? Because yeah. I don't. And it may you're not pan out. Not high I,
4: school, no. Uh,
1: yeah, it may not pan out. Um But I, I certainly – uh <laughs> I think it you you're seeing the Liddell bets effect, I think,
2: already at running back in the in so far, at least in the twenty two class. Well that is a lot that's a lot of good information, Corey. The the other thing I really wanted to, to talk about too, and Coach Hack, you know, feel free to jump on into we'd love to hear your um your thoughts and any of you guys as well. Um it really feels like we're starting to get a log jam of quarterbacks rolling in. Um now with Deuce Hogan transferring, you know, we lost him, but you know, Joey LaBosse, Carson, you know, Carson May, Marco Lanez. Um, I wanted to talk to, you know, Coach Hack or Corey, whichever one of you guys wants to go first. Um, what are your thoughts on who you feel like the quarterback of the future is going to be, somebody that's really caught your eyes from what you've seen, and what you really feel like maybe this off season is going to happen with the quarterback position currently? Are we going to see um, a transfer from Spencer or Alex? Um, You're going to you see, see
4: Alex. Transfer. the um, Spencer plays the whole bowl game. Um, I knew Hogan was leaving last summer. That's another one of those things that because he couldn't figure out the offense. He struggled over summer. If you guys saw a video of Hogan, he thought he was Michael Vick because he couldn't read a coverage. Like he didn't know where to go, so he just took off running. He didn't know where to go with the football. Well, Padilla's in the position where Joey's actually the best quarterback on the roster right now. And what Kirk said, I'm hearing did you guys hear his press conference about the <laughs> where he said, if Labos took the field, the playbook's going to get really small. That's not oh, the stuff that yeah. I'm hearing out of camp. I'm not sure why Kirk said that. If he was Ooh. testing what happened with Hogan, I don't know why he was saying stuff like that. Because people around the team that I talked to have said, Joey is learning quickly. And what he does Ooh. with the scout team, he makes our defense look silly sometimes. And that was the question to Kirk and Kirk you know, downplayed the whole thing. But I don't know how far you want to go in advance, but Marco is my guy. And I don't know if you saw probably some of my stuff about Marco Yeah. six months ago. I have him as a low five-star right now. I know he's only a four-star, but I only had, like I told you, Levis was a three-star, for Petrus was a high three-star, but that was only because of arm strength. But Petrus in high school, all his receivers were wide open. So he would just throw it up, and they would catch it. So you really didn't know how good teachers could read a coverage, which is a lot of high school kids. Marco has this play that I just see over and over my head. He throws a perfect corner route. Now, in high school, he'll, his arm – I'm going to go watch him play next year because I need to see his arm talent because I don't know how strong his arm is, but his accuracy is phenomenal. Working with Tony Raciopi. He's been working with him for three years, and he works with him every day almost because they live in the same area. And you could see it in Marco. Hmm. But next year, I mean, I think it's Petrus's team. I'm sorry, guys. I think Petrus is going to play the whole bowl game if he's healthy. And I think Padilla will leave. And I think Padilla will be a good quarterback at Colorado State. I think that's something like go back home to like Colorado State. I think he would be – He. Padilla doesn't I know you guys might find this silly, but he doesn't throw a catchable ball. There's a reason. Have you? I don't know if you've noticed the drops went way up when Padilla was throwing the ball.
2: Yeah, that's true.
4: He doesn't throw a catchable ball. I mean, people, everybody talks about, well, the receivers aren't catching his balls. That's why his completion percentage is under 50. Well, he has the highest drop rate of all quarterbacks who have thrown, I think it was 80 passes I saw by PFF. Like, 33% of his passes get dropped. Well, there's a reason for it. Beatrice hmm. completes, what, 55% of his passes? It was 60. I'm not sure where it's at now after the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, but think, yeah. it's you have to throw a catchball ball, too. There's more. And Padilla never ran. Everybody was talking about his legs. Padilla never used his legs. And the one time he really did, he slid a yard short of the first half. Yeah. If you guys remember that. So like everybody yep. talks about him getting outside the pocket, but it's it doesn't really matter if you get outside the pocket if you can't do nothing with it if you can't move, yeah, if, you know sure. move the offense. But for me, Joey is the future right now. But Marco, I think now he committed early for a reason. and I don't know if I can say that reason here, but um,
2: yeah, come on,
4: there's a reason he committed early, and we could talk. Want to hear it? That. You just um, tangled we the carrot. About it. I can't say it now. It okay. Like, um, That's like I hear things inside the program, but he committed this. Really, He was going to commit in January or February anyway, but there was some talk about some things going on. Uh, Marco's family loves BF. They love Brian's offense. They love what he does. And when Marco sees the offense, him and his dad, they see all these wide-open receivers, and when you're, when you're talented, you think you're good, you're like, man, I'll make that throw, right? I'm going to complete that pass because I'm going to hit the receiver in the hands. That's kind of what uh, – that's how, why Marco, you know, he's committed early. He's already learning the Iowa principles from Tony, Tony Raz. He's already learning some principles within the Iowa offense, obviously not the X's and O's. But just you know, different pieces of it. But next year, if Joey gets a real <laughs> shot, Joey will be the man. Carson okay. May, he did get another star. So, I, don't know, I think it was two four seven made him a four star. I still had him as a three star. I don't know what they saw in Carson May to make him jump to a four star. But that's just my thoughts on. That. I don't think the quarterback. I think it's getting good and competitive. Yeah, May, Joey, and Marco. Um. Petrus could never know what Petrus will do next year because he's going to spend another se- off season with Tony. And I don't know if you guys knew who Kenny Pickett was before this year. He worked with Tony for the last three years, and every year he got better. And this year, Kenny Pickett took off. Yeah. So I'm not saying Petrus is going to do that. I don't know if Petrus has it, you know, mentally, and we'll find out. But I just I love the quarterback room right now.
2: Okay. Well Hi. Kenny Kenny made a huge jump from last year to this year and he you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And like you were referencing, uh, Coach Act, fifty six point six percent completion percentage for Spencer so far. Uh Alex Padilla is at forty nine percent. Now, yeah. Corey, wanted to get your thoughts, Corey, too, on this quarterback breakdown. I know you have some thoughts. Uh what do you think?
1: Uh I I first of all, I uh if, if anybody's seen seeing any of my content, Corey. I'm I, I am <laughs> I am a person that speaks my mind.
2: Do um, it. That's why we have you. Yeah. That's we why we're here.
1: Personal towards anybody, <laughs> but first of all, I would not necessarily use Tony Rasiopi as an endorsement of of our incoming quarterback Mar. And I and again I like Marco Linez. Uh, for the record, um, I like what I see. But again, I'm I'm relying on tape. I've not seen this kid in, in person. But let's remember too, Nate Stanley was coached by Tony. Spencer has been coached by Tony, and I don't think we. I mean, Nate Stanley never wasn't lived coached
4: the by Tony until the end, until pre-draft.
1: Well, to, and you know, and you
4: Nate's still on the squad. He's still on the practice squad.
1: Yeah, but here's my biggest. Pro- Let out. me just say my biggest problem with the fact that all these kids are being coached by Tony racio But I'll just I'll just say it right now. And maybe I'm old school, but the fact that that Iowa pays a quarterbacks coach, Ken O'Keefe. He's the highest-paid yeah. quarterbacks coach in the country, over six hundred thousand dollars a year, and yet we're shipping these kids off to the East Coast yep. to be coached. Yeah. I have a problem with that. That's just okay. me personally.
4: I'm, all, um, no, I'm with you on that. And one. so we agree there. <laughs> but
1: I, I, as far as the quarterbacks, I've heard the same thing that, that Tony or that uh, Joey Labis has, has looked good. Um, I did have a problem with Spencer Petras making a comment after the season was over, right before the Big Ten championship game, that, that we're not competing for for uh, positions this late in the season. That's just insane. Now, maybe he misspoke, and and, and that's just not indicative of, of how Iowa's offense operates as far as competition, but that's that's insane. Yeah. Um, I think Iowa needs to go to the portal. I've been very outspoken about that. If anybody's watched any of my stuff over the past two weeks, I think Iowa needs to look at the portal. Not necessarily, well, we're, we're just going to abandon Alex and abandon Spencer, but this, I think this quarterback room needs more competition. Even if Joey is competing at a high level, Carson May's not enrolling early. You're going to have three quarterbacks this spring. I don't think there's, you know, I've heard people say, well, there'll be quarterbacks that enter the portal after spring. Are we really saying that that Kirk is going to be comfortable grabbing a transfer portal, qu- portal quarterback, a guy who he believes could start without having an Iowa spring practice under his belt? I don't believe that would happen. Um, and there are guys in the portal now that I think, again, it's hard to, it's hard to get some of these kids without guaranteeing them a spot, but, Given Iowa's struggles at that position, um, I just don't know how you don't at least make contacts with, you know, Thompson from from Texas or Braxton Burmeister from Virginia Tech. I mean, I know Slovis is off the board and Bonex is off the board. Adrian Martinez is off the board, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of kids still out there. Um, so I think Iowa needs to look at the portal at quarterback. I don't know that they're doing that. I kind of doubt that they're doing that. They're not. Um, Marco Linez has looked really good. Again, he's mobile. He's probably Iowa's most mobile recruit I mean Peyton Manzel was mobile so let's just not assume that just cuz you're mobile that you're going to work out here. Yeah. Um but if if he were to end so up being I was 34 What's that? So
0: was Adrian Martinez yeah. he was pretty mobile too. And for for know, the record? You no, know that worked out.
1: For the record? And I know probably everybody's going to disagree with me. I would have been fine with Adrian coming here. Would have been fine with it. Mm-hmm. And and a part of that is because of his physical attributes and you know, if he gets a spring practice, I know it's not going to happen, so it doesn't matter now. But he got a spring practice here with Kirk and with uh, how Iowa operates as opposed to the Scott Frost system. I think maybe some of those erratic tendencies could have been reined in. But that, that, I digress. That, that's, you know, obviously not happening. But Lynez has looked good on tape. He's probably Iowa's most most athletic guy I can remember at quarterback since probably. I mean, maybe this is going too far back, but probably Brad Banks. You know, C.J. Beathard certainly...
4: Or Drew Had,
1: Tate type. Yeah, I don't know. Drew Tate, though, I mean, athletically, I don't – I mean, obviously, Drew was a great athlete, but Linez is big, physical. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Will Levis, who I was going to see this, this weekend for Kentucky. He's a more
4: accurate – yeah, you're right. He's a more accurate so, than Will Levis. Yeah. yeah,
1: we'll see. And, and again, I, I also preface all of this by saying, like, Carson May – comes from a school that doesn't compete at a real high level in Oklahoma, so you know, you're watching him just tear things up right. kind of like Spencer Petrus did out yep. west. We'll we'll see. When he when he gets here we'll see. Um, and you know Deuce Hogan again I, I didn't see a lot of Deuce. I'm disappointed that that we never got to see Deuce in an actual game. But because you didn't I mean if, they could well no well we could have, right? There were games that are I mean, how many blowouts you had a blowout against Maryland, you had a blowout against Indiana. I mean you I mean there could have been opportunities and we really didn't see much of Alex Padilla until we had to, right? I mean, when I well, we saw
4: him
0: once,
1: Hogan we see him, but there. do we really, do we really allow no, he these did. kids...
4: Hogan was out there one, one drive.
0: One time. Yeah, yeah but I mean, was I'm wasn't... not talking
1: about taking a snap and handing it right. off to your I understand back. what you're saying. I'm you talking about actually, actually giving his, him the playbook to work his with. His,
0: his, his. He, you wanted to see his potential, which every archive yeah, Absolutely.
1: And uh, obviously, we okay. know why why Deuce transferred, and there oh. were some comments made by Kirk that probably weren't weren't great, but um, I, I do think Iowa needs to go to the portal. I've been beating that horse to death. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot. The, the por- I will say this about the portal. If Iowa doesn't use the portal to its advantage, it will fall behind. Because every year the portal becomes more and more of a factor. And I know Kirk doesn't like the portal. I know probably Tyler Barnes doesn't love the, the portal. I understand why. I know Don Patterson doesn't like the portal. But <clears throat> the fact of the matter is it's here and it's staying Yeah. So you're going to fall behind in some respects, some regards, if you don't take advantage of it. And so I think Iowa, you know, they're in there. They're obviously – I'm sure they're doing tons of work out there. I don't think it's a quarterback, though.
2: Well, All you have to do is look at what Michigan State and Mel Tucker did in one year with the transfer portal. You went from one of the worst teams in the Big Ten to toward the top. So if that's not, you know, the proof in the pudding right there, I don't know what is. Look what
1: Iowa State Hoops has done. Yeah, Iowa State Hoops has been – And Fred Hoiberg laid that foundation years ago and now everybody's doing it. But TJ Otzelberg has come in here and completely changed the culture here in Ames. And he's done it with Isaiah Brockington, Gabe Coucher. You can go down the line. So it can be done. It's, it's different football. I get that. Um, And you have to have the right pieces. You don't just go after anybody. Um, But there's just a lot of action out there. I mean, perfect examples. Wyoming is just completely, if anybody's been following that program, they're they're in a tailspin right now and Iowa has connections to Wyoming because Tim Polisek is the OC out there. Yeah. So there are huge connections. They've got both of their starting quarterbacks are in the portal. They've got a star wide receiver who's in the portal who's wanted by Ole Miss, USC, everybody. Yep. They've got every defensive back just about in the portal. So that's a perfect example of a school that, you know, you could probably, you have, you, again, you've got connections. You could probably take advantage of those connections. Again, I, I hope they're doing that. I have nothing to say that they are, but there is yeah. still time. But the kids are getting picked off. I mean, this is, you. these kids understand it's the same with, with, signing date, you've got to you've got to commit and you've
2: got to sign early or you may get left behind as a student athlete yeah and when you got zach ben, ben balkenberg i mean that's just you know one yeah. of the very few guys we haven't had a lot of them but i feel like the ones that we have went out and got have been very successful kyle you were going to make a, a point here a little bit ago what were you going to say
3: um well i was going to say again it was very intriguing to listen to all of that that was very uh uh some intelligent listening going on right there but uh you know when it comes to guys starting and playing on the field a lot of it has to do actually with how you perform off the field you know like if if coach parents if, if the coaching staff doesn't like you if you don't perform well in the in gym you know in the weight room and if your peers nope. don't like you like it's uh, it's very militaristic where um, there's peer evals if you will and like if you <clears throat> you could be a five-star recruit man but if you're a punk uh, you're not gonna fit in, man, and uh, I I think that there's there, uh, you know, talking about the Deuce Hogan, the guy who's transferring. I don't know anything. I'm just saying, like, maybe the reason why we didn't see him. And I this happened to me while I was there quite a bit. I saw a lot of guys who were highly recruited and studs, who uh, just did not have the right attitude. Uh, didn't buy into the system. Didn't did didn't do this. Didn't do that. You know, showed up late to this and that. Uh, you know, just had bad attitudes, and you saw the result of that. And uh, that was my point. That that was when I was going to raise my hand about that. But uh, and I can't remember what what else, what else I was uh, I was going to chime in about. It was just Cal, can a I just can I just
1: bring up today. something real quick? Another yeah, position sure. I think Iowa needs to go into the portal for is kicker. And there are a couple there are a couple kickers that Ooh. are drinking a kick from USC, one of the best well, kickers in the country, who's out there right now.
3: Sure. And that that's actually, thanks for reminding me. That's another thing I was going to talk about. You know, man, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm old school. Like this whole portal thing blows my mind. I watch a lot of premier league soccer. And one thing, when I, when I started watching a lot of it uh, back in f- 2014, when it, you know, was worldwide broadcast from uh, over there in England, I started to get pissed off about, uh, you know, they would just buy players And by they would just buy players who thought that they were going to make their team better. And then they would wonder why their team wasn't getting better at They'd bring in these million dollar players. And a lot of it has to do with team chemistry and I'm sorry, but these portals and stuff, I get it. Like, again, I don't know much about it because I didn't, I wasn't a part of it, but when I signed on in 2002 to play for five years, uh, like that was a commitment that I made to play for the university of Iowa for five years. like, Blood, you know, like I would shed blood for that to happen. And I think that that's missing now because you have too many options. So I get it while you are trying to build a good team. It's kind of like fantasy football. Hey, we got this opportunity to bring this guy in. And now when kids, when guys aren't having a good time, when they're not playing well and they're a third, fourth, fifth string QB, running back, whatever it might be. Now they have options. They have more options than they did back when I played. And it was
2: only 16 years ago. Uh Uh-oh. Uh oh. Maybe my internet infected his. <laughs> it's like all the guys with the expensive internet packages are like having the, having the problems. Well, uh.
5: Hey, Corey, I would. we lost.
2: Yeah. Go, go ahead, Hawkeye Elvis. What's up? Hey, hey, Corey. You
5: know, talking about the transfer portal, I don't know that it's that, that Ference doesn't like to use it as much as he's just really selective.
2: Yeah, about that's how
5: he uses it. And, yeah. and, and the, it the funny example of that this year is Charlie Jones. I mean, where would this team be this year without yeah. Charlie Jones? Right. I mean, I don't know that we win 10 games if he's not on the roster this year. So I mean, the same way that they're really good about finding that two-star guy or that three-star guy and developing into an NFL talent, you know, find those – you know, you don't need to go get – you know, all world guys out there, but you find the right guy. I mean, Charlie Jones played at Buffalo in the Mac, and look at the impact he had in the Big Ten this year. There are guys like that out there. It's just a matter of identifying them and bringing them in.
1: And for the record, I I, I mean, yeah, you brought up, um, you know, what, what you have there in Charlie Jones, and, and I know uh, Zach Van Valkenburg was brought up. Let's not forget Jack Heflin, Mackay Sargent. I mean, all these kids mm-hmm. are, are transfers. I mean, I, I, I think, and maybe there isn't a quarterback that fits the system, but if you were to ask me, Iowa's biggest position need heading into next year now you can argue that it's offensive line as far as personnel is concerned but again given how iowa recruited there last year I, I don't think it's i don't think it's offensive line it's quarterback that's my opinion now some people are some iowa fans are super defensive about that you know it's the offensive line all our, the issues are on offensive line and there are a lot of issues. i've said to several callers multiple problems and they require multiple solutions like you're not going to fix everything overnight we've got some serious clock management issues at iowa We've got some, some game management issues at Iowa. We've obviously got some play calling issues. But that stems the
0: quarterback too, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, all those things, I think, yeah, you're right. And and, and certainly offensive line play, I mean, it's a it's a snowball effect, right? Yeah. Right. The offensive line is bad. That's going to make the quarterback worse. I mean, it's just, but, you know, I, again, I don't even, I'm not lobbying that Iowa get a, a portal quarterback. I just want them out there looking. And maybe they are, and maybe they're keeping it under wraps. Usually these things get leaked out, right? There are reports right, right. That, that Iowa has contacted so-and-so, and I right. just haven't heard it. Kyle, I didn't mean to inter- – I know your internet dipped out, but you were you were making a point.
3: No, nah, man, I just – you know, was this trans- – like, when did this transfer portal come about? Like, I know that there was transfers allowed when I played and stuff like that, but it seems to me that, like, this day and age, there's just way too many options. Like, when a guy's having a hard time, instead of sticking it out and finding a way finding ways to uh, you know make yourself a part of the team it's too easy to just like press that reset button it's, yeah. it's too easy to it's too easy to press that button and just transfer and i get it like trying to make the team better but i'm sorry but i'm pretty sure the 5 years that i was at iowa are we still the most five like the five most consecutive um, the five most successful consecutive years in school history I think you guys are the yeah. stats guys. You no, know you and are. It's correct. No, you're right. I think and On I, mean, record, I yeah. and of course there were some guys that left uh and some guys that were my friends. Um but it was very few. And uh I don't know man. I think I'm getting I'm becoming one of those old dudes. It's all about <laughs> like uh you know, hey man, sorry it sucks but suck it up, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Carter. Yeah. I mean I was I was They for who, your brothers. I was a guy who was highly recruited coming out of high school, thought I was top shit, and then I met Nate Kading for the first time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And he went on to win the the Lou Groza, and, you know, my freshman year, he did that, you know, right in front of my face. And I love him to death because of that. Like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, sitting behind him those two years, because I probably wouldn't have the three years that I had if it wasn't for him, man.
2: Yeah. Right. That's well, awesome. A lot of these, a lot of the things that are happening right now in college footballs, so we got a little bit of overcorrection to um, some issues that, weren't being dealt with. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of a happy medium in the years to come Um, that, but that, that's just the culture. It's a business. That's the way it's going to be. Guys are going to be, you know, jumping around if, especially if they're not going to get the position that they want right away. It's a, what have you done for me lately? Society, they're not going to be patient and wait around because, and most, a lot of those guys' minds, most of them, they think they're, you know, this is their opportunity to showcase for the NFL. And if they're not going to get that opportunity, that's eventually the end ticket and that's what they're wanting to do. So it's, it's frustrating. All of us old guys are just like, get off my lawn. You know, yeah. I, 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 hate this stuff too. You know, it, it drives me nuts. So Jason, well, what were you going to say?
4: I was just going to tell Corey, a big thing is with uh, Kirk Ferentz is he knows how hard the offense is to learn, which is why he doesn't want to transfer portal quarterback because they're still going to need a year to learn the offense. In his yeah. mind, that's how he looks at it. Because well, Iowa puts more pressure mentally on the QB than any other team. There is no looking at the sidelines for you know the audibles. The quarterbacks make all the audibles, which is why Ken O'Keefe is there. Ken O'Keefe is an X's and O's coach. He has no clue about fundamentals and mechanics of a quarterback, which is why they use Tony. No, With, that's the reason they use Tony. So. Ken O'Keefe, what he does, he teaches them how to read a defense. He's all X's and O's. So that's another, I think, my personal opinion. I don't know this is real. I think KF really thinks the offense is just too hard to bring in a transfer portal QB to play. Unless he would bring in like a freshman or sophomore to compete.
1: Let me just say this for anybody who wants, you know, because we're, I guess, all kind of self-proclaimed experts. As anybody who knows Iowa football, Don Patterson Don Patterson is a quarterback guru. All right. He's right there in Iowa City. And I know he I asked him last night matter of factly what are the two biggest transfer portal needs, and it's offensive line quarterback. So, you know, Don doesn't seem to think it's it's too hard to learn. I mean, again, we're talking spring practice, and I understand where you're coming from that, that you're gonna learn the plays. What what let's be honest though, as far as audibles are concerned, when's the last time Iowa was audibled into a pass?
4: A lot. Do You realize how often? No,
1: I, I don't. Not at the line of scrimmage. They, they did, audible into a but run. run the, audibles, yeah, I've... the
4: audibles, which you want to see what Petrus did. Like, yeah. you know the, the the back-to-back fullback dives this year. that Everybody went crazy over. During that, Petrus was audibling. He wanted to do a play-action pass or an outside run, but Kirk Ferentz didn't like that, so we called timeout. Do you notice before the quarterback sneak and the fullback dive, KF called the timeout. And they went out and ran the exact same play. So, when's the last
1: time Iowa has audibled and actually ran a pass?
4: They do it quite a bit throughout.
1: The I mean, I mean, years. I'm just asking because I don't, I don't remember one, and I, I don't right. think yeah, I mean, non probably remembers one.
4: I mean, they do. They, when he he comes up, he reads the. Cover. Maybe you're right.
1: Maybe I'm missing it. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, you know, I guess I could be too. I just, I, mean, I think I feel it's like a little bit. I just think it's a little bit overhyped that the offense is too hard for a transfer quarterback to learn with a whole spring. With fall camp, I think that might be
2: a little bit much. Better. Corey, this answer my, an- my Corey answered this for me because this might be right. like the armchair quarterback coming out in me. Yeah. From what I'm watching to the offense, it does not look that complex and that dynamic. <laughs> you can see well, what's coming a mile it's, away. It's, well, let's be honest, it's more complex than either any of
1: us uh, would understand. I mean, these kids are working day and night trying to learn the offense. I get that. Um, but you're right. I, I think. You know, the zone blocking, the, the, the run zone scheme, Hockey Elvis is sideways. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, you know, I know there's been some – some.
0: The podcast, the podcast has gone sideways. I think he's in uh, a stress call.
1: Um, you know, I, I've heard people talk about how the, the – you know, especially with the, the rules on chop blocks now, that the, the uh, run the, – the zone run scheme is a bit, is a bit hard for linemen now. Um, you know, and I, I understand there's a lot of pressure put on any quarterback – Um, but I, again, I'm no, I'm not going to act like I'm a quarterback guru. That's why I, like I said, I love talking to Don Patterson about this stuff because he, he is. Um, and of course he was at Iowa, you know, during the Chuck long era and was able to coach him. And I mean, we're talking obviously Bill Snyder, Don Patterson, two of the best quarterback minds in Iowa history on that staff. So, um, I, I I don't know. Again, I I think that's overhyped. I guess I can't validate that. Um, you know, again, these we're talking some of these kids like Burmeister. I'm not saying Burmeister's the. I'm just giving him as an example. He's been at Oregon. He's been at Virginia Tech. You know, you'd have to think a kid like that can probably learn an offense pretty quickly. He's a grad transfer, so this is going to be his what at least fifth year. Um, I would think that he can probably learn the Iowa offense, which rates like one of the. It's it's like 112th, right, overall in total offense yeah. in the FBS, and there's like what 120 FBS teams. So in
4: in in yards, they'll never get a lot of yards.
1: Well, that but all the but all of the all of the metrics say that they're hundred plus in, in in offense. Whether we're talking this points year, per yeah. game, yeah, red zone offense, year. everything. So I, I don't know that there's much. There's real. I mean, it's, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but there's not much room to go backwards with the offense.
5: And yet, and yet,
2: yes, Canada too. We won ten games. Games. Yeah, you're right. We won okay, ten games two say, years well, ago. Do you
4: understand KF yeah. style? Do you know why they're so low? Look what they did against Penn State. They literally took a knee three times to punt it to Penn State. Against Minnesota, Padilla literally came out, and the reporters were like, why the heck didn't you guys try to score inside the five-yard line? They were told by KF not to score. Until third down when they gave it on the stupid – I'm with you on the zone blocking. They need to go to Gap. My opinion, they need to go to Gap. But anyway – Especially this year. Remember, they gave it to – Goodson on third down and goal, he got stopped like a three yard loss. They kicked the field goal, but there was only 41 seconds left, which is what KF wanted. He knew the defense, knowing that Minnesota was going to pass, there was no way they were going, you know, 60, 70 yards to score.
1: Well, he for for the record, he did call that stupid after he did it. So no, no, you're just, right. Because, just because it worked see, out doesn't mean it was the right decision. But no, but you're no, right. you're right. He
4: did because if yeah. you would have, he saw like what was it the second down play they had a wide-open receiver, the quarterback missed, and they would have won that game. The defense completely missed him going across the field. He was on a crosser. So you're right, it was, but that's his style. That takes away from yards. And I guess that's my point. Under, under BF as OC, they've been in the top 50 in scoring twice, where they haven't even been in the top 50 in the last decade. Even in 2009, they were 86th in the country in scoring. They went on and won the Orange Bowl, 86th in the country in scoring. 2015, they were 54th in scoring. Yeah. But under KF, two years, they were 40th and 44th. And yeah. what under BF, I mean, as OC. Nate Stanley, in three years, passed more times than Chuck Long did his whole five-year, well, <laughs> five-bowl game, four-year career. In just three years, Nate Stanley had 63 touchdowns and 23 interceptions, Chuck Long had 70 touchdowns but he had like you know 40 interceptions or whatever. Chuck Long had one year where he threw 26 touchdowns but he threw 15 interceptions. Mm. Nate Stanley had two seasons where he threw 26 touchdowns. Yeah. I guess my point is under especially with the, how good the defense is. KF changes this whole scheme when the defense is as good as they are. He knew. I mean, he shut down the offense. BF against Iowa State, if you remember, in the second quarter, Iowa's offense dominated that second quarter against Iowa State. You remember they outscored them, what, 14 14 to 10, but they scored a touchdown in the end of the second quarter. And then after all those turnovers started happening, KF shut down the offense. They started running the clock. So the yards, with KF as head coach, I don't even look at yards. That's like Nebraska. They're always going to get a ton of yards because they run no huddle. But they only scored three more points a game than Iowa. So I guess I don't really, really? care about yards. I understand where you're going, coming from. No, well, it's not
1: just yards. I'm not just taking yards. I mean, Kyle would vouch for the fact that that uh, we shouldn't be. You know, we, I don't think we want to see our kicker kicking thirty times in the regular season. No. I mean, the, the red zone,
2: red zone officials points,
1: points per winning, right? yeah, yeah. points <laughs> per. I
2: mean, it helps certainly helps his draft pick, right? I think the gist of the whole thing is we'd like to see the offense be a little bit more productive, a little bit more dynamic. Now we Can, know we, just d- we, can we just agree
1: the offense is bad?
2: Yes. There's nothing wrong Absolutely. with saying that. We can say this it's year, bad. Yes. We don't this have to sugarcoat it and say, I understand
1: that. <clears throat> well, it's been bad. I mean, the numbers say it's been bad for the so so score? So my my last year. So my question is,
0: when does Kirk Ferentz just take a step back and say, hey, Brian's doing pretty good with the offense? Let's yeah. let him go. That's my why is he holding? Why is he calling timeout in those stupid situations? Because he he loves the the
4: three interior linemen, he wants the quarterback sneak and he wants the fullback dive. KF he understands the struggles at tackle, so but he understands how good they were, which I don't think they were that great at the guard spot to be honest. But obviously, center they were good, they were, they were better than the tackle spots, probably.
0: Well, so he so, was trying to
2: emphasize that maybe but yeah, all right guys work
0: yeah, we yeah. gotta
2: we gotta turn the corner here a little bit because this is we were supposed to be covered a little bit about the citrus bowl <laughs> and we got off in the weeds big time which is cool it's totally you should have known
1: that when you invited me on the show hey, there's that- <laughs> With we're that to spend been 40 minutes talking about the offense
2: i just I, I was getting so fired up i'm like oh yeah 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 and then like you know there's too many of us i didn't want to interrupt anybody but lots of good points and i totally see where everybody's coming from and appreciate everyone's points of view so i'm just want to give everybody a little bit of a taste what it was like last time we were playing in the citrus Bowl.
1: yes i i would say he might all right five yards taken off it'll be a second down now second Down at 16,
3: looking Tate wants to go deep for the touchdown. A man open at the 20! Mm -hmm. It is caught!
2: So those of you that are listening on the podcast or on, on our YouTube channel, yes, it did take us 50 minutes to get to talk about the Citrus Bowl, so we <laughs> apologize, but we are getting to it here. Um, last time we were there, we had a little bit of luck defeating the defending national champion, sending Nick Saban out of LSU uh, with a bang. I was at that game. Uh, Drew Tate's family sat right in the front row in front of me. <laughs> Hawkeye Elvis is there, too. Um Fans were getting a little agitated and frustrated with, again, like we were talking about the offensive production at times during that game. Um, And at the end of that game, Drew Tate's uncle got elbowed in the nose because it was mass chaos and had blood just pouring down his face. (laughs) And it it was pretty freaking amazing. Um, Awesome, awesome experience to be there. We'll talk about Um, clock
4: management. Remember the clock manager on that job?
2: terrible yeah there wasn't there wasn't
4: the first part of his career yeah
2: um and i don't know hawkeye elvis if you can kind of back me up on this and i might have just been in a bad spot and i've heard it's way better but the tailgating if you're going to the citrus bowl um bring protection because it was not in a great part of town i had about five homeless guys come up to me and ask me for money and um, ask you for a beer, which I'm like, okay, I'll give you a beer, whatever. Well, but, it wasn't
5: um, it wasn't the greatest place, but I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that Iowa and LSU fans did do that game was we ran that town out of beer because if there's two fan bases that can tailgate like nobody's business, it's LSU and Iowa. And yeah. uh, a, a quick fun fact, uh, Kyle and I have something in common. Uh, we were both standing on the Iowa sidelines during that last uh time iowa was in orlando so um right. totally, i mean kyle earned his spot i kind of maybe <laughs> maybe shouldn't have been on there but uh one of my own college professors uh worked for bright house networks which was like you know one of the big cable complaints there and he got a sideline pass. it's like you guys want sideline pass. i'm like Yes, I want sideline passes. So I actually was a credentialed media member, stood on the sidelines the entire game. And it was funny because when when we were moving the ball, I'm like, okay, well, I I want to move down to the 30 or so. I want to be in a position to watch Kyle kick the game winning field goal. And from my perspective, I saw oh, pass. <laughs> look,
1: I saw the pass,
5: I'm like, oh no, Warren's <laughs> gonna get tackled in bounds, we're gonna run out of clock. All of a sudden he escapes. He's into the end zone, and the next thing I know, I'm on the field. I, I'm just, like, running out there with the players, and everybody's hugging everybody. And it was literally one of the greatest days of my life.
2: Yeah. No, me too. Kyle's over there flexing on us right now. And he's
5: he's hey, you got a bowl you got a bowl win ring. You flex that stuff all day.
2: Oh, That's, I, a, that's an amazing I, I, I got to tell you, by the end of that bowl game that day, I was, was awesome. I, I had the Capital One credit card commercials memorized word for word. It was like every five <laughs> seconds. Let's stop the game for another Capital One commercial. It that was, was a beautiful so- ring. Wow. That is nice. It's yeah. very nice. All right, boys. We're gonna get into getting everyone's picks. I want to hear what each of you have to say about this matchup. It looks to me and now Corey, Coach Hack, Hawkeye Elvis, the Miller Miller Light Delight, and Kyle. I think you guys might have you might have some different opinions here, but we got um, our number 15 Iowa Hawkeyes 10 and three taking on 20, the number 22 Kentucky Wildcats nine and three. Now Iowa is number 15 total defense right now, falling back a little bit, and then Kentucky is number 24 total defense. So those rankings really align with where they're ranked right now. We got Kentucky favored by two and a half last time I checked. Um, you know, Kentucky's had a couple good wins this year against Florida and Louisville. Florida kind of took a dip there at the end. Things went sideways. Um, I want to get each of your guys' experience. Any cool stats that you've, you know, conjured up from any of this? Um, we're going to start with Matt. Matt, want to hear what you have to say, what your thoughts are, who you're picking, and why.
0: All right. <clears throat> so everything that I've seen out of Kentucky uh, – their their losses are who they should have lost to, and their wins are who they who they should have won against. Besides maybe Florida, predictable. Um, I mean it's it's very predictable. They they actually look like they align pretty closely with Iowa. Uh, they're 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 a little bit more of a turnover case on paper as far as what I can see with our defense. We should capitalize on that. I hope that should bring us um, to win the game. Uh, I'm gonna take Iowa. I know the points are at two and a half, so uh, I'll, I'll take Iowa on that spread, anyways. Um, if our offense can do anything, you know we're gonna be right in there with it. It's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a low-scoring game. Both defenses are gonna come out and play. Um, it's 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 it should be a fun one. I hope it. I hope it's a lot better than that uh big 10 championship that was a disaster so yeah
2: i was there for that one that was uh that That was rough rough. it was real rough drove the whole way for a field goal you drank uh,
4: indianapolis out of beer too i heard
2: yeah there a lot of thirsty hawkeye fans there um (laughs) we um, are the second time in a row i i I tweeted them out i all the bars down there in downtown Indy. i tried to tweet them and let them know and warn them and (laughs) you choose not to listen they did not listen Pay the price. Now, Corey, um, I want to get your thoughts on the breakdown, too, with uh, taking on Kentucky. Now, Will Levis, um, pretty – I mean, from what I've seen, a pretty, pretty solid quarterback. Uh, 66.5 completion rating, thrown for over over 2,500 yards, 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. They got Wandale Robinson, transfer from Nebraska, that's been making a lot of plays. I mean, he was a playmaker at Nebraska. That has not changed at Kentucky. Uh, Corey? Where are you seeing this one going, and what are some of your keys keys to the Citrus Bowl?
1: Well, first of all, uh, Kentucky's nine and three. I will say this now: I, I know I've I've sounded like negative Nancy on this show, and I'm going to continue <laughs> okay. the narrative for now. Kentucky is, I believe, the third to last uh, FPS or excuse me, Power Five team as far as strength of schedule. So the only teams with worse strength of schedules uh, or strength of schedule ratings would be, I think, Boston College and Pitt. Okay. So, um, Kentucky's had a pretty and they've played a lot of bowl eligible teams um and of course Georgia, but they avoided Bama, they avoided Arkansas, they avoided um Ole Miss. Of course they play in the in the weaker of the two SEC divisions. I like Iowa's chances in this game. If you watch that Louisville Kentucky game, that one can scare you if you're an Iowa fan because you think back to the one quarterback Iowa had probably had the biggest problem with him even obviously Michigan the 42-3 blowout, of course, the blowout against Wisconsin, the blowout against Purdue. But those were – they each kind of had their own story as far as where those games were lost. But that Penn State game, and I think we all can agree, if Sean Clifford finishes that game, I mean, we, we can't say definitively. I yeah. think there's a good chance Iowa doesn't win that game. I mean, take One Roberson came in, couldn't do a darn thing. And Sean Clifford, I know he threw the early pick, but, man, he was marching up and down the field against that Iowa defense. And I have no doubt that the Iowa defense would have tightened up as the game went on. But Will Levis, of course, is a Penn State product. Um, he's a little bit like a more athletic version of Sean Clifford. Not nearly uh, as good of an arm as Sean. Um, but, and Iowa's played him. Of course, Iowa actually was his first Power 5 offer. But you watch him against Louisville. Four rushing touchdowns. He had a beautiful run. Juked a guy out of his shoes. Hurled another guy in one play against Louisville. Louisville, 52 points against the Cardinals. And that's the most points Louisville gave up all year. They were a middle-of-the-pack ACC defense and so Kentucky can score points. And, again, you mentioned Wandel Robinson. I know Pro Football Focus has Kentucky as a top five offensive line in the country. Um, so they've got weapons. Again, Iowa's familiar with Wandel. They're familiar with Levis. Um, Iowa's strength of schedule, as we all know, didn't turn out to be what we thought it would either. So you could argue, from an outsider's perspective, this is going to be the narrative, that this is probably the worst matchup as far as a 9-3 team versus a 10-3 team that you could possibly envision just based on strength of schedule and how these two teams got there, but they're there regardless. So I like Iowa, and I like Iowa to cover. I agree with Matt. Um, the, the number is small enough that I would take Iowa, but I don't think it's going to be lopsided. And I'm just intrigued by this matchup because, obviously, the Stoops connection, I have a lot of respect for Mark Stoops and what he has done down there. And Will Levis, we, we, we talked about transfers earlier. He's, he's, a, he's an example of somebody who's come in there and has, you know, hasn't been, you know, hasn't been uh, all SEC but he has been a really solid piece and, and again, led them to a nine-win seat, potentially a ten-win season. They can win on Saturday. Uh
2: All right. right. We're we're all doing it tonight. We're all having little glitches. Um, Coach Coach Hack, I really want to get your perspective um, after Corey uh, spoke there um, about your thoughts on the game, but also tie in with your pick and your keys to the game Um, what you think is going to happen? At, what is so funny? Kyle put on his championship hat. Oh, okay. They're looking you good. Flex, nice. Kyle. I like it. You flex all day. He does. <laughs> he de- like you said, he deserves yeah. to. So we like it just here. <laughs> oh so <laughs> <around.
5: laughs> shit! Sorry, sorry. Coach. sorry, the, sorry long,
4: coach.
2: the longer oh, the no, podcast no, 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 no. goes on, he's going to be like more draped in gold. He's going to have like a crown on and like a a, a, a cave. I and, can go
4: get mine. You know? I hope so.
0: That would be uh,
2: awesome. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> Coach, what do you think about the matchup? Who, who's your thoughts on, you know, who's going to take this game? And then also, too, I really want you to dig in a little bit on the running back position uh, about Tyler Goodson opting out. If, you know, if you saw that coming and if we have the backs with Ivory Kelly, Martin and Gavin Williams to be able to pick up that load. We,
4: um, well, I could start with a running game. Uh, I actually think we're going to see. Um, if you followed my social media, you've probably seen this. Because right? people are really worried about no Goodson. But I don't think it's going to be that big of a worry. What you're going to see is less three- to four-yard losses. But when the, you're going to see less explosiveness on well-blocked plays. Gavin's not as explosive. I want LaShawn to get the ball because
5: I feel he is explosive.
4: and I want to see it, though. So I've only heard about things in practice. I We haven't seen it. But I really would like to see him. I heard he's really you know, quick and fast. But Gavin is a one-cut pony, so he's not going to lose yards. Like, if you saw a lot, Goodson thought he was Barry Sanders a lot. And then yeah. we'd end up with second and 14. I think you're going to see a lot less, you know, loss of yardage. Gavin will get you three, so we'll have second and seven instead of second and 13 type of plays. I think the running game is going to be better as far as yards per carry. But, I, you know, it, you're not going to see Gavin in my eyes. He might be faster than what I think he is. To her, he was a really good high school hurdler. So I'm not really sure in the open field. But uh, I don't think they're going to explode like what Goodson would do. But I also think they're going to be grinding out first downs better. Goodson, if you gave him a hole, he knew what to do with it. Yeah, but he, he he didn't have the vision. Goodson does not have the vision. I don't know if you've seen a lot of there was a lot of times where he did have a lane and he wouldn't take it because he didn't want to cut inside. So part of me, you know, I just wondered if Goodson didn't really want to get hurt because he would just go down like he would just be like, OK, it's over. Um He didn't really try to all he had. What the heck, Kyle? What the heck?
2: <laughs> All of our internet's a hot mess tonight. <laughs> we all keep glitching out here. Do you own know the prize?
4: Well, I honestly think the running game is going to be, I don't want to say better, because that will make people mad. I've been uh, here all the, all night. <laughs> I just think you're going to see a lot less, you know, loss of yardage. Like, Goodson lost, I don't know if you've seen my Less graph, dancing. With my graph I put out, I want to say it was like almost 20% of his carries were loss of yards. So, but he still averaged four and a half yards a carry. So he was Barry Sanders esque. Lose two, lose two, and then hit you for 60. But, and he did end up with over 11 yards rushing, 1,100 yards rushing. But I just don't, I think the running game is actually going to be better. Okay. In in a sense of not losing as much yards. I think they're going to grind out more first downs. You're going to see less third and longs. Yeah. That's just how I see it working because Gavin Uh does. When Gavin sees a hole, he cuts, he hits his toes, and he goes. Yeah. Which is better.
2: No, coach, I completely agree with you on that. I think that's a good analysis. I'm in the same boat as you. I think we're going to see some improvement and a fresh look at running back. And I think it's much needed. The less dancing and more, you know, plowing through like what typically fits our offense a little yeah. bit better. Like Corey said, too, you know, um, it, it's going to be nice to see a little bit more of a tweener back. I mean, I think I've been looking for that for a long time. And he hit it on the head. It's exactly what we do need. Uh, Coach, who do you see uh, winning this game with Kentucky um, favored by two and a half?
4: I got Iowa. I got Iowa? See, like my critique of Will Levis, I had him as a three-star. I think I gave him like an
2: 87
4: rating, 86 rating, coming out of high school. And he's got the same issues as far as stepping up in the pocket. I actually compared him with Petrus as far as stepping up in the pocket. I really think our DNs can come off the ball and get him, especially on their play-action stuff. He never steps up. They Kentucky is really good in the play-action game. I don't know if you watched them. I absolutely love watching a them. Little. Will Levis and Wandell. They're freaking awesome. Wandell is uh, PFF had him rated as the number one wide receiver in the SEC against man coverage. You don't want to play him in man. He's a David Bell Jr. in my eyes as far as in man coverage. That's I think, scary. <laughs> yeah. We I don't think, want that. Um, I honestly think uh, with Iowa's zone, though, Levis isn't the type that's going to pick you apart. I know he has like a 67% completion percentage, but a lot of those are short, and a lot of it's against man coverage. And when you have a guy like Wondell catching 94 balls, you know, and when they play in man, watch Chattanooga. I don't know if you guys watch Kentucky Chattanooga. That's going to make you smile. Hmm. They struggled against their zone defense. I think Chattanooga may have even had a lead in the fourth quarter in that, or third quarter, but um, and that's kind of what I see. I see Levis getting sacked a lot. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Campbell is a spy. We spy him because the moment he steps up in the pocket, he's going to run. Will Levis isn't stepping up in the pocket to, <laughs> to throw the ball. Once he steps up, he takes off and runs. So I got – I think Iowa can hold him, you know, the 10, 17 points. I honestly do. Okay. I got Iowa winning uh, 17 right. to 10. I just think – I think Wondell will get his. But the, the zone defense will confuse him. I think as long as Petrus stays in the whole game healthy because the – Padilla isn't – I don't know if you watched the second half against Michigan – the team just shut down when Petrus went out. It just—they scored 21 points just from the time Petrus got hurt.
2: Yeah,
4: I mean Padilla threw an interception on a five-yard out route. Like it was just—I don't know. I don't. If Petrus stays in the whole game, it'll be 17 to 10, is what I got.
2: Okay, all right. So,
4: Kentucky's missing two receivers that were in the car wreck:
2: uh, uh, Josh yeah, that's Alley true and
4: Isaiah Epps. So I think that would yeah.
2: hurt them. Well, thoughts and prayers to those guys and their families, too. Hopefully they get better very quickly. And obviously there's some things that are a lot more important than football. And and health yeah. and Health is definitely, you know, number one. You don't have football if you don't have a healthy life. So Kyle Schlicker, the guru of craft brew.
0: I call him the. <laughs> call him youth the goofball kicker here after what, this
2: one. What do you what do you, what are you thinking on this one right now? Um, the Kentucky Wildcats—they're they're putting up thirty-three point three points per game. Are we? I think you know we're not giving up thirty-three point three points a game. Something's going to have to give, Kyle. Where do you see this one going?
1: He's <laughs> think, he's, think. he's thinking. Give him give him a minute here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kyle,
2: Fuck are us. you with us? <laughs> what you in froze,
0: the heck? you froze your two hundred dollar internet froze on you. Okay,
3: yeah. First of all, I apologize for my internet going out. Call your I'm provider tomorrow. On, yeah, I'm gonna be on the phone with Comcast tomorrow while I'm <laughs> on my way to Iowa. Um, you know, you guys know me, man. I I base everything off of emotion, and you know, I read. I've been doing a little bit of research, and I I I don't like what Kentucky's been saying about how the SEC is better than or harder than the Big Ten. And uh, I just you know I realize we're encompassing all the teams of the Big Ten at that point. Uh
2: Comcast,
0: Comcast, that is is not
2: good for you right now, Comcast.
0: Comcast, this is a bad
3: deal. All
2: right, well we're well, we'll, well we'll switch. Oh, he's back! He's back! All right, Kyle, keep going.
3: Ugh. All right. I, I don't like what they had to say about how the SEC is better than the Big Ten and, uh, you know, talking about how uh, the Big Ten easier than the SEC. I just don't like that. So I don't you know, I don't know much. I know that they uh, they're nine and three. They're looking for their like what, second or third 10 win season in 40 years or something like that. You know what? Screw that, guys. I'll always pick Iowa no matter what. No matter what the odds are, I will always pick Iowa. And you know me. I'm a kicker, so I'm going for Caleb Shudak to make the game win. Wait, wait, you know, wait.
2: Me. He's, a, he's a kicker?
3: <laughs>
2: I'm just joking. We've kept him busy this year. Six points. You know,
3: all these stats, you know, I, I appreciate. I love listening to everybody. By the way, like I, I'm, guys, I'm a soccer player at heart, so like I still don't know that much about the game of football. So I love listening to like each and every one of you talking about all this stuff. It's
2: really cool. You just want to get but, out there and kick the crap out of the football. That's what you're well, all about.
3: Well, in my experience, like anyone can beat anyone on any given day. And when we sh- when we've showed up in the past and we do our thing. And we, you know, I was going to mention Sam Brownlee, you know, talking about the running backs. I was talking about a guy like him, you know, now that we got Goodson declared for the NFL, whatever, you know, good for him. You know, that's great. But you know, there's gotta be some super hungry guys in the backfield who have been waiting for their chance to yeah. capitalize. And, uh, that's what Sam Brownlee was. He was a, he was a great friend of mine. Still is Sam, Sam Van Brownlee. I mean, uh, hmm.
0: I've liked uh-oh. what Williams has done actually up to this point. Anytime that I've seen him in, he has showed a lot of potential.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think he has too. And, um, you know, Hawkeye Elvis, I really want to get your thoughts on where you think oh, this game's going to no. go. And, oh, uh oh. Comcast just... is done. It's <laughs> like. <laughs>
3: Comcast knows that I'm on a roll and then it just cuts me off and lets me back on like when it decides Uh, I'd be, I'd be finding myself a new internet service. Uh, (laughs) Gosh, it's
2: terrible. I feel sorry for your technician tomorrow. (laughs)
3: I'll keep it short guys. I'm going for Iowa. I appreciate everything that everyone's been talking about. This has been awesome. I'm going for Iowa no matter what. Uh, I don't care what what they what they win by what they, you know, I'm going for Iowa.
2: All right. Now our celebrity guest picker, the our favorite Hawkeye fan of all time. You guys, some of you guys might have a guy called Bucknut or Big Nut, whatever the hell his name is. We got Hawkeye Elvis. Hundred times better. The king of Hawk and Roll. Now, Mr. Hawkeye Elvis, he has got a wonderful head of hair. (laughs) And we want to ask you from from a fan perspective also, who you think is going to win this game? What are your keys, a few of your keys to the game? And also, we want to hear from you, from the fan side, tailgating experience, what you're going to do down in Orlando, some of the keys to success for having a fun trip at the Citrus Bowl. All right, first thing,
5: take that Michigan game, throw it. Throw it out the damn window. Michigan's really, really, really good. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the country. We had to play a perfect game to beat them, and we didn't, and we got thumped move on look at the rest of iowa's games um the big matchup for me boy look at our secondary we're plus 14 on turnover margins and kentucky's minus 13 and we have led the nation in intercepting passes that right there is going to be the backbone of iowa's uh iowa's game plan on saturday that and special teams and i'll tell you something else it's bowl season dumb things happen in bowl games some of these guys haven't played for a month. Hell, we wouldn't have played for a month. Kentucky won't have played for five weeks. And you finally get out there and you're finally gonna play and dumb things happen. Look how many of the games so far have just crushed the over. And I know we're talking about Iowa football and I know it's a low over under here, but look at our Nebraska game. We had a seven card 21 and how we got to 21 points for crying out loud. Are you kidding me? That's the kind of dumb things that happened during bowl season. That's the kind of dumb things that happen in our favor for Iowa. So we're going to get a special team score or something close to it. Um, there's going to be just some really weird-ass play that we're all going to go, what? Um, and, you know, Iowa's going to win the game, for starters, just like my boy Kyle. I never pick against the Hawks. Uh, but the other time, life's too short to bet the underboys. I'm taking Iowa 25 21 yeah, it's a weird score. It's all season. Weird things happen. Go Hawks.
2: All right. God, I, I love can. it. So what are you going to be doing? What are some of your keys to having a good time it. down in Orlando with the tailgate, maybe at the bar scene? What are you going to be up to, Hawkeye Elvis? Where can people find you?
5: I'm going to be rolling into town on uh, Friday with uh, my man, uh, Big John from Tampa. Uh, it's okay. going to be accompanying me this time. And, you know, Friday's a low-key, and everybody's like, oh, we got to go party on, on New Year's Eve. No, New Year's Eve is like a low-key day. You watch the two semifinal games. You, you post up at a sports bar. Uh, no, the, the real the real heavy lifting boys is New Year's Day. You know, the amateurs are out New Year's Eve. The professionals start New Year's Day, and they start in the morning because you can't drink all day <laughs> if you don't start in the morning. Yes. And uh, you get yourself, uh, get yourself a nice breakfast, nice cold bush latte, maybe a little shot of fireball to get things rolling. All and right. then, uh, for me personally, boy, if you've got a tailgate, if you're an Iowa fan, you're going to be there, man, I'm going to come find you because I appreciate so much all the Iowa fans who come down here, support this team. And I appreciate all the Iowa fans who, who still like me and are fans of me and, and invite me to their tailgates all the time. So I get as many as I can, uh, get in the stadium early, cheer on our boys and, uh, Hey, we're one and zero in this bowl game, boys. Let's make it. Let's make it two and zero.
2: Man, you got me fired up. I'm jacked. You're I'm ready. ready to go. Oh. I can't wait for this game. Uh, before we wrap things up, this is just a, a, a really personal question. I wanted to know. I wanted to get Corey's take on the running back situation with Tyler Goodson leaving. With you know the backs that we have uh, right now, how do you see that working out? Did you did you think that Tyler was going to declare? Or did you not see that one coming at all? Uh,
1: I thought he would declare. I was a little bit surprised that he declared before the uh, before the bowl game, but that is just how it is nowadays. Um, I, I I like Tyler. I think he's been a great representative a representative of this program. Um, I'm no draft expert. I won't claim to be. I, I do have a hard time seeing him drafted above the fifth round. He gets drafted in in the fourth round. I will be shocked. Um, yeah. So I, I'm disappointed, but I, I wish him all the best. Iowa needs a success story at running back, very similar to how they needed. Well, they still need a success sor- story at quarterback. They kind of have one with CJ Beathard, but um, you know, Mackay Sargent and Tyler Goodson, if they can figure out a niche in the NFL, that'd be great. I'm okay with running back room. I agree with Kochak and and whoever else uh, made a comment on on who they have. I like Gavin Williams. We haven't seen much from Lashawn. We saw him early in the season. Haven't really seen many snaps from him recently. Um, they are they are very thin. So you got to hope all those guys. I mean, here's here's the fear that I have, and you can downplay it if you want. And I'm not gonna comment on whether games should be shut down because of the virus or not. But um, you know, I know there's six players who run vaxxed. Players are getting testing positive for COVID, whether they're vaccinated or not. So what happens if Gavin and Lashawn both test positive? You've got one scholarship running back behind those. Uh, well, you've obviously, got Ivory Kelly Martin. I, I, I think they were all vaxxed, weren't they? Played.
0: Is that what Coach Hack is?
4: I, I, I thought it was 100% vaxxed.
1: Am I wrong? I, I thought no. Last I, thought that, I saw that too. The last that Kirk said there were six players who were who were still unvaccinated. But yeah. the bottom line is, as we know, right. regardless, play, if a player tests positive, whether you agree with the with the protocol right now, the narrative, the you're done. Yeah. yeah, you're you're done. So if you test positive, you're done and. So, I guess my point is, I'm not, and it could be injury. It could be something else. If Ivory fumbles the ball in the first quarter, okay, he's not getting the ball again. I think we agree with that. His fumbling <laughs> yeah. issues, he fumbles the ball in the first quarter, he's done. So now you yeah. got free scholarship. You got Devin Helson, who's never seen the field, and then you got LaShawn and, and Gavin Williams. So I'm a little bit concerned about depth for one game. Elvis, you want to you jump in here?
5: Two words Monty Potterbomb.
1: Yeah, I was just yeah, gonna no, add yeah,
5: yeah. I'm
1: okay with. I'm okay with him I'm seeing some, some carries. I'm okay that with. Reminds me I mean, maybe... the old Wiseman days. Absolutely. No, he's Wiseman shown the ability to run the ball well. Um, he's shown the ability to run the football really well. So I wish the best for Ivory. I want to see him go out on a good note because he's been a great representative of the program. He's been terrific on special teams. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see him have a have a solid day. I th- I still think if I had to put money on it, I would say Gavin probably gets more carries in this game. I um, but I would love to see Ivory because he he has he's a he's obviously a great kid. Um, he he was with Iowa throughout all of the off season issues last year and, and really was a vocal representative for this program. So you don't want to see him. He's got one more. This is his last chance. I, I don't think he's coming back next year. He could, he could come back next year. I doubt that happens, but I would love to see him go out on a high note
2: all right boys well we've taken up way too much time of all of your nights at our listeners time it should be a two-part um, segment yeah i know Did we're going to break this love? thing I up
4: i like to talk sometimes i just talk way too much you
2: have to shut hey. me up and
1: i'll just say this i appreciate you having me on and and any any uh um any disagreement i have is as you know nothing personal i will say this is oh, yeah. for i know we were talking about the offensive numbers and we all agree the offense needs improvement and here's just I, – I, and that's what I wanted to address to coach here because the y- the yardage totals are not exactly – they don't tell the whole story, and I understand that. But here are the – I just pulled these rankings up as, as we were going around the panel. Scoring offensive ranking this year, scoring offense 96th, total offense 123rd out of 130, rushing offense 111, passing offense 111, passing efficiency 117th, third down success 109 fourth down success, 121, red zone success, 121, first downs, 110, sacks allowed, 87. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, I mean, that, that just adds – yeah, well, <laughs> we better be happy, Tory Taylor uh, and Caleb Schudacker, Hawkeyes, right? Could you imagine
0: yeah. if that moved up to 50?
1: That's – I mean um, – and, and let's be honest, holy crap. It, if, if we have looked at the schedule next year – it, we're not getting. You're not getting 10 wins with those numbers next year. It's no. just not happening. Right. how great your You've special teams defensive units are, that offense yeah. has to get better. Let's just
2: let's just produce an we'll average offense, and then keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to be good, boys. Thank you so much, Corey, from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Make sure to check him out, Coach Hack, Jason Hackwell. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on. Our favorite Hawkeye fan of all time, Hawkeye Elvis, the man, the myth, the legend. And then, of course, as usual, Matt and Kyle, thanks for always coming on, guys. We appreciate it. Let's hope we get a win in the Citrus Bowl and end the year on a on a good note, boys. Let's go Hawks. Let's All go right, Hawks. Appreciate having me on. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Go Hawks. Thank you. Thank you.